0: How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember you can get our show directly from our website at techcentral.ie, use a smartphone podcast app of your choice, iTunes of course, or turn us on every Friday on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Our Skype interview this week is with the keynote speaker from next month's Social Media Summit. Her name is Mary Smith. She's known as the Queen of Facebook. A great interview lined up for you. But first joining me is our editor and Chief at Tech Central HQ, Nile Kitson, and uh, I suppose speaking of HQ, WikiLeaks HQ has had some uh, interesting dumps on the internet this week, Nile.
1: Yeah, two big stories this week just to lash through them. The first one being uh, Vault 7, I think is a, a name we're going to have to get very used to over the next few months because it relates to the latest dump of um, tools and files and information from the US government by WikiLeaks. Now, in particular, these refer to a bunch of hacking tools uh, that have been used by the CIA to target um, iOS, Android, OS X. Uh, OS ten is dis- distinct from Mac, o- Mac OS. Uh, Windows Linux and a whole bunch of routers and other uh, international things devices, which we we know in terms of the latter to be notoriously um, dangerous at the Mm. moment. Um, Especially when you look at things like connected cameras and connected toys, that sort of thing. Very often the security measures on them are less than ideal. Um, But also one type of device that has been compromised uh, by these tools, and you're going to find this very interesting, are Samsung smart televisions.
0: Now, I don't find it may be interesting, but I don't find it surprising because hackers are using the Internet of Things to hack into all kinds of things. I heard a case of a Samsung fridge, which was hacked.
1: Okay, so a smart television doesn't surprise me. (laughs) Okay, well, some of the things that can be done uh, when your TV is hacked is it can go into a fake off mode Mm -hmm. uh, during which time it can still record audio. So you mightn't have your little light up there showing that, you know, your um, camera is on and recording, but the audio can still be recording.
0: Maybe that explains my wife insisting on plugging the television at the end of every night. (laughs)
1: Well, there you go. There you go. It's very eighties, isn't it? It's, it's, you know, plug out everything. Make sure nothing goes on fire.
0: So, what kind of uh, what kind of information are they able to gather uh, with with these
1: tools? Pretty much anything they want, yeah. Pretty much anything they want. I mean, if you can if you can get into somebody's computer, I mean, they even have uh, tools for what they call air gapped computers, which are which are computers that aren't networked. So, um, you know, things that aren't networked to other computers, or you know, very rarely plugged in or whatever. That um, they they can get information even even off computers. Like like that, so long as a uh, drive is being compromised or something like that. Um, the, the rationale behind releasing all this stuff, uh, and it's always, you know, a disgruntled um, contractor or, or a current employee rather than a rather than a hacker. Really, um, the idea is to prompt a debate as to whether the CIA's hacking capabilities extend their mandated prowess or process. Hmm. Okay, well... Uh, yeah, so d- that's, that's code for we want to annoy people. It's nice to
0: know, that, anyway, that the uh, uh, Americans are definitely open, are running a, an open democracy by putting all of this information on uh, WikiLeaks and, of course, Donald Trump telling us everything that he's doing. <laughs>
1: On Twitter. On the tweet machine.
0: (laughs) So tell me, uh, the other big story this
1: week is Nintendo have finally released the Switch. Now, you're a gamer. Are you impressed? Uh, Well, the gaming community seems to be anyway. The console was released on the 3rd of March, so a little bit of dust has settled on it. And the overall response at the moment is generally, generally um, a lot more positive than I personally expected. I mean, when you look at sort of the form factor of the device, it's effectively um, a tablet with two detachable controllers on the side, and the um, actual screen part of the tablet can sit into a dock which connects up to your television. So you can play the same game on your TV or in your lap on the go. So, for me, it looked like a very, um, sophisticated version of, you know, the Nokia N-Gage or the PS Vita or the Nvidia Shield. That's the kind of lineage that they're going for, where you have console quality gaming in the palm of your hand. And it's been a little bit of a, um, a unicorn, but it looks like Nintendo have, um, they've cracked it. I mean, based on statements that Nintendo have, uh, have released, apparently in Europe, it has sold more on launch weekend than any other Nintendo device in launch history. Um, in the States, they've had the best two day sales, so that's like, Friday, Saturday, I guess, or Saturday, Sunday. Uh, two day sale, Two day sales of any Nintendo console in North America. So that's the states and Canada. Uh, in Japan, apparently, they shipped three hundred thousand uh, consoles uh, in the opening weekend. Now we don't have full um, official sales figures from Nintendo yet. They say they release them in April. So for the moment, we've just got the hype. So uh, I guess I described this to you before in terms of what the the console looks like, uh, Dusty. Did I not? It's sort of what's what's kind of cool about it. Remind me. Okay. Basically, the console comes and it's a screen and on either side, you've got one set of controllers that are actually removable. So you can take off the controller, you can plug in your uh, tablet into the dock to connect to your television. And each controller can be used independently and they both use haptic feedback. Uh, they can also be used in a single what they call Joy-Con um, adapter, which basically turns both um, both controllers into a single um, Xbox-style or Mm. PlayStation-style controller that that you might be more used to using. So, uh, good reception uh, to date. Quite a a little bit of niggles being reported, like a few um, complaints about overheating, um, a few people complaining about the poor wireless performance of the... um, uh, controllers to which Nintendo has said don't put it near any other wireless devices, which to me sounds like a bit of a cop-out. Some people complaining of dead pixels on the screen and Nintendo coming out with basically the it's a feature, not a flaw argument um, and that things are, mm. that this is completely normal. <laughs> so one thing that definitely isn't normal is the price of the games. So it hasn't had an awful lot of uh, original games come out with it. There's been a few ports of games that did pretty well on, uh, we'll say, the Wii U. But the the lead title Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild clocks in at sh- give me a guess Dusty brand new console brand new console game I don't know 60, 60, 70 euro? yeah uh, 60, 70 euro you might be thinking um, no 99 euro <laughs> for, for a game <laughs> oh oh okay well I think what I'll do is I'll watch that one from the sidelines
0: <laughs> for for now. Yeah, yeah. We're
1: we're into that stage now where the the initial rush is gone and we're into Mm. the scarcity period and then we'll get a better idea of what the sales are going to be like throughout the year. And this has kind of been a soft launch as well. Nintendo hasn't done, you know, in the big scheme of things, the giant... Um, how do you say, uh, charm offensive mm. that you might expect? So this is very much, uh, community level. People are embracing the console. They're pretty happy with it. Happier than the Wii U, uh, it seems. Um, and, and here's the, here's another, uh, interesting stat on the lineage. The Wii, which, you know, we're, we're hoping the Switch will be the, the logical descendant of or, or heir to the throne, sold 100 million units and is the fifth best selling console ever in history, right? So the Wii U, the follow up sold 13.56 million. There's context for you.
0: Well, uh, well, it's nice to see that it's getting a, a, a nice positive response anyway from the uh, from the community. Though I note you haven't said that you're going to rush out and buy one just yet, so uh, we'll, uh, uh, we'll keep an eye on, uh, on that one for now. Niall, thanks for keeping us up to date with what's going on as always, and let's get into our feature uh, interview this week with this year's Social Media Summit keynote speaker. <laughs> This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's TechCentral.ie.
1: The second social media summit will be taking place on the 11th of April at Croke Park. And this year's keynote speaker is the so-called Queen of Facebook, Mary Smith. Uh, Mary teaches businesses and brands how to turn their social presence into a business asset, helping them grow their traffic and convert those precious followers into clients. She's also a prolific author of books on technology and marketing and is regularly quoted in such venerable titles as The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, Inc, and Forbes magazine, and she joins me now over Skype from sunny San Diego. Good morning your time, Mary.
2: <laughs> hello, hello Niall. It's lovely to be here. and It is indeed a nice sunny San Diego morning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, I guess just to kick things off, uh, as the queen of Facebook, one imagines that you've been growing up with the platform to a, to a certain extent. So tell us a little bit about your journey with Facebook and uh, how you feel the platform has morphed from something quite social into something a little bit more commercially savvy.
2: Sure, sure. I first joined um, the platform in May of 2007 and i just absolutely fell in love with it. Previous to that, i had been involved in the world of internet marketing, online marketing, email marketing, coaching, consulting, speaking, gosh, since the the early 2000s around 2001-2002. And uh yes, so then Facebook just kind of fell in my lap. I was asked to be on a beta test team of a Facebook app, not a game app, but it was an app where you could take and teach classes. And i really enjoyed that. I just fell in love with the platform and i loved the social element of it. Um, and I was a bit of a resistant at first because I was like, "Well, what do I need an online social network for? I'm a natural networker offline." But nonetheless, that was ten years ago, and, and uh, within three weeks of that uh, first joining the site, I was just an evangelist to everybody. I'm, "Man, have you seen this new platform?" And this was long before it was really designed for business. And as the years have evolved, and then the pages came out, and of course, in the ad products and the groups, and then the company went public in 2012, and then all of a sudden the organic reach started to come down and down and down and you know it's funny because I often say that I have kind of a foot in both camps so to speak I'm a absolute evangelist and very passionate ambassador for Facebook and for businesses on Facebook and for personal reasons but I, I personally I'm, I mean I'm, I'm on there mostly for uh, business reasons even on my personal profile but um I do see the point where, you know, I got foot, like I say, in the Facebook camp, but I've also got foot in the business camp and especially the small, medium-sized enterprises and where it's it's challenging, definitely very, very challenging if you don't really understand the ad products and all of the different complication, uh, complicated layers there. And maybe you have support from Facebook, maybe you don't, but... From a Facebook standpoint, it has never ever before in history been easier to reach the exact perfect demographic, the age, the location, the, uh, you know, income, what the person does for work, their interests. And, and then you can say to Facebook upload your customer database it's completely encrypted it's perfectly safe and you could say hey Facebook find me people that look like my customers and mm. just keep expanding and expanding and expanding your business that way and their business is making millions and millions of dollars and pounds you know that are using those methodologies that Facebook offers so yeah it's definitely become more commercial and certainly more mobile too mm. of Facebook's users are are accessing primarily on their mobile devices.
1: And uh, primarily on mobile. And some people never actually um, even approaching the desktop when when they sign up for Facebook, that it's an exclusively uh, mobile experience for them. Uh, One of the things that you've talked about in terms of generating that that precious organic reach, you know, the, the traffic that you don't have to pay for when you've got something that mm-hmm. you want to promote um, is the idea that we're all in the education business. So uh, tell us a little bit uh, uh, about that idea. In what sense are we all in education now?
2: Well, thank you. Yeah, and I love that because what ends up happening is, whether you're products or services, your B two C, B two B, you know, business or consumer, that what ends up happening sometimes we get too close to what we do, and we end up just talking about the business or, you know, talking about the product as opposed to educating people. Like, let's take a SaaS business, right, software solution, where you know, it's like, oh, here's a feature, here's a feature, here's a feature, or just assuming that your prospects actually would know how to use it. Um, Let's take an example. I was originally approached by a quiz company. They do these wonderful online quizzes. You can generate leads. And, you know, they asked me to be an ambassador, an affiliate. And I said, well, you know, I don't want to just tell people, my audience, hey, check out this cool quiz app. I want to say, here's a case study. Look, if you do this and then you take this quiz and then you put it out like this and then you do a contest and then look, I use the app or here's a case study and and they generated, you know, a thousand leads or whatever the case might be. And so you're walking people through an educational process for free that they go, oh, I could see how I can use that in my Mm -hmm. business. You've done all the hard work for me. Now where do I sign or where do I get a free trial or... You know, so just taking elements of what you do and making it palatable to your audience
1: I think that's something um that people don't necessarily know they have in a business, I think specifically in the retail sector, I think people underestimate their own level of expertise i mean when you when you're sitting down with a client to say they're a, a clothes shop for example, and they're a sole trader and um I said, you know, we've got this great range and it came from here and this designer is really good and this guy is really good. Does a little light bulb go off uh, for you and go, do you know what? This is actually really expert material. Nobody else is going to find this out. You know, this is this is where your leverage is with a client.
2: Yes, yes, exactly. Um, in 2015, I was actually on tour with Facebook. They, they headhunted me and hired me and I went out on tour throughout the US teaching small business owners really the power of Facebook. And I was expecting people, by the way, part of that uh, Part of the experience was the audience members were able to come and sit down, have a one-on-one consult with me. It was a tiny few minutes each person, <laughs> but it was so valuable because I thought that they would be coming up and asking me, oh Mari, what is a pixel? What is a what is a conversion rate? You know, what is a you know the the, the specifics about the ads, you know, click throughs and I don't know funnels and lookalikes and all the different semantics." And no, they were coming up and saying, "Hey, Mari, I have a spa. How do I get more people in the door?" Um, I have a hair salon. How do I get more customers? And and that's where this piece you mentioned about education. So let's take this example of the the young lady that had the hair salon. I said, I'll bet you, you have so many distinctions around hair care. And short hair and long hair and what to do when you're traveling, travel hair or you know um, styles that suit shapes of faces. What if you put together like a 10 point tip sheet as a PDF and people can download it? And then you're putting out really fun tips that people go, oh, I just love that gal that shares this helpful information about hair care. Um, Oh, then you're top of mind, and you've got that human element. I really love bringing out that storytelling human element, no matter the size of the business that people are like Oh, I I know them. I like them. I trust them. Right? People always do business with people they know like and trust. And I get pushback sometimes where people say, "Oh, you know, Facebook only works for B2C. It's it's all about relationships and who you know. You you got to go over to LinkedIn to do any B2B." Mm. Well, I just actually was recently hired by Cisco, the largest, uh, you know, networking switches company that do all kinds of amazing great things out there in the world, and I was teaching their Cisco partners about using social media and Facebook in particular. And the power of of developing this systematic approach to you know more humanizing your business, doing case studies, storytelling, showcasing your customers, even spotlighting your staff behind the scenes and and just giving people a glimpse into the humanity of of okay hey we 're real people doing doing business behind the scenes here.
1: Yeah, and I think once once you've nailed that sort of the the message that you want to put out, be it a narrative or a skill or something like that, or or a problem that you want to solve for a for a client, once you've got that content, it it then becomes a matter of picking the medium for disseminating it. I I I think here is a, another important evolution of Facebook because we really are getting beyond the age of you know here's the text based article or here's the the image. Uh, to go with something, Uh, we're looking at sort of the rise of Facebook as almost a, a TV network now, aren't we?
2: Yes, yes. And I'm so glad you brought that up. Just this morning, I was reading an article about, actually, a friend of mine had posted, you know, hey, friends, if we're no longer in the information age, what age are we in now? And and someone had actually shared a, a link to an article on there, which I found really fascinating. It was written last year, I think, by TechCrunch. And it was talking about how, you know, the information age is over. Welcome to the experience age. Mm-hmm. And and exactly to your point, okay, so people on Facebook, it, because, you know, it started in Two thousand four opened to public. Two thousand six, it's it's text based or it's print. You know, it's like the status update. You type what you're doing. You got this historical narrative through everything you have shared over the years. Whereas with Snapchat, uh, I'm not a big Snapchat user. I know they just went public. It's like you know, it's got a certain niche. And and um, I think you know, obviously they want to be a camera company. They're getting into all kinds of other things. Apparently they're developing a drone. <laughs> <laughs> but the beauty of what the users on on Snapchat like is that it's a it's a camera. It's, it's like this real-time experiential immersive, as as they like to say, right? Where it's like, what am I doing now? You you share in images and short video clips, and then the feedback you get is in attention. So people give you their attention, whether it's an emoji or a swipe or, you know, a, um, a comment or something like that.
1: Yeah, I think when you look at... Um the evolution, I guess, of online content, it really becomes this sort of attention funnel as the sort of the type and the volume of content has increased. So I remember when I was starting to use the internet, everything was based on text and the images were very, they were rubbish and secondary and it was (laughs) bad text on a bad background. But you read, that was what, that's what was there, and then images came along attached to things, and you're like, "Oh, right, there's an image to go with this. I'll, I'll happily, I'll happily read this, and it's nice, and it's illustration, and all that sort of thing." Uh, but now, where we are at the stage where, unless you have either something uh, novel or something uh, extremely well produced, that you know you are vying with so many people's or so many content creators' attention, that you really need to be either hitting a niche or hitting, you know, the funny bone every so often. I mean, we are yes. we're still hearing about things going viral, but not quite knowing what, what the formula is, because you, you don't know what people are going to respond to. So what are you finding that companies are getting into? Do people come to you and go, how do I make this go viral? I mean, is there is Does that mindset still persist?
2: It does. It does. People are always looking for that holy grail. And they think if there's a formula they could just follow, then uh, like magic, they'd produce this viral hit. But often, virality just cannot even necessarily be predicted. I mean, look at the Chewbacca mask lady, right? Mm. I mean, end up being the number one most most, uh, views of all uh, Facebook videos. All the girl did was sit in her car and laugh about this mask. And, um, you know, uh, the company, the store at I think it was, that sold her the mask, End up getting some great PR out of that. But it was all mm-hmm. unpredicted and unplanned as far as I know. Uh, but once it starts to gain in, 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 you know, reach that they can jump on that. But, yeah, you know, you mentioned about like Facebook becoming a video. They're, they're really becoming a media company. The, 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 um bloggers and you know the tech tech bloggers out there have always pushed on Facebook to get them to admit hey you guys are a media company and mm-hmm. you know Zuck has always pushed back on that no we're not we're we're actually a technology company um, but then now he's kind of saying well we're, we're a new kind of platform it's not traditional technology and it's not <clears throat> traditional media because what they're doing now is really exciting like the, the, the future of what's coming as the they 're now getting into um episodic video content, so episodes anywhere from three to thirty minutes it's television right it's that Billions, multi-multi-billion-dollar industry of television advertising is where uh, Amazon and Netflix, YouTube, and and now Facebook, you know, there you got these four giants that are really vying for that world and shifting into the digital downstreaming video. And with video content being three to thirty minutes, you're much more likely to be able to put in ads. And, you know, that's – it's it's another play for revenue, and uh, so that's really where things are going. But in terms of, of, of really making some good progress with, with a potential viral hit, um, if you can have – I'm more well-produced. There's different schools of thought out there. And I sometimes talk to my, my colleagues and peers around this where people are, like, no, no, no. You've got to be just kind of orth- organic and authentic and get your smartphone out. And there's definitely a place for that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also like, you know, when I'm scrolling through, right, you know how Facebook has this new video newsfeed? Actually, I think it's primarily in the U.S. right now. It's going to be rolling out. But uh, down at the bottom on your navigation for the Facebook main app, there's a new video only newsfeed. And I see the ones I scroll a lot and I, I'm just, OK, what's standing out to me here? Something that's educational, like the History Channel or National Geographic, inspirational, informative, trustworthy news sources. Right. There's huge play right now for where can we go to get trusted news? It's not fake news. And Facebook really on a mission to, to you know, um, lead the way in there. Um, science-based um, live cams, right? We just had giraffe birthings and eagle cam, <laughs> watching the eggs hatch. <laughs>
1: and those are touching more like, on fake news is a really interesting point because the, yeah. the same way that we've seen people's news feeds become effectively very narrowed down RSS feeds where, where you have yeah. things, you know, suggested on the basis of the, you might like this. Are, are mm-hmm. we going to see the news feed become this sort of all purpose. Oh, by the way, you mentioned that you like this show. Here's an episode of this show, and we're going to put it in your newsfeed. And if you like it, go subscribe to Netflix or if you or Amazon or wherever. Are we are we going to see the newsfeed really become people's first point of contact for pretty much any kind of media? Really, wh- when you have uh, YouTube integration, Netflix integration, maybe Spotify integration as well.
2: We really are. We really are. I was reading something the other day that said nearly half of all American adults get their news on Facebook which honestly is a bit scary because, that, you know, there is a lot of fake news. I was reading something the other day. was like, oh, it's supposedly this letter written by Bruce Springsteen. And I read the whole thing. It was in, to him, to the president of the U.S., and I'm ready to get to the very, very bottom, and he signs off Bruce, asterisk, underneath, not Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And this thing was going viral. People are sharing it. Oh, look at Bruce. But, no, but, but to your point, absolutely. It's very similar to – the, the brilliant algorithms that Amazon figured out years ago, you know, hey, Niall, you just bought this this um, gadget. The other people that bought that also bought this. You might be interested in this. And, and those algorithms that show you related content really really powerful because it's true and that's what facebook really wants to get better and better at is is knowing ourselves better than <laughs> we know ourselves mm. predicting you know it's predictive uh, algorithms saying if you like this you might like this and absolutely getting subscriptions and then you also got that new um set top tv video app so you can mm. you can watch your facebook videos on on television just like through your apple tv I think
1: one thing Facebook hasn't nailed um just yet and maybe they won't maybe this isn't something people want to associate with their brand is um they they haven't really made inroads into hardware granted they own Oculus Um, But people don't make that Oculus-Facebook connection just yet, especially because Oculus have, they're doing a lot of stuff with Samsung and uh, they've done some stuff with Sony as well. So it has its own brand identity. Um, Facebook really didn't, um, the Facebook phone didn't really take off for them at all. Uh, In the same way that people look at Apple and Apple's attempted social networking uh, ping through iTunes died a death because people just don't have that sort of a, brand association will we see the limits of facebook as being just the social network just the really concise news feed or do you think we will eventually get that extended hardware ecosystem to go with it where you know your entire internet experience from you know your pocket all the way through to maybe your desktop at some stage could have some sort of facebook branding is it that ubiquitous a brand
2: It is, it is. And, you know, it's interesting because someone asked me the other day in one of my Facebook groups, you know, she said she was at a business function. I think it was Australia. She said the person was saying, oh, in a few years time, Facebook's just going to die a death. And I'm like, what? No, that's someone who's maybe thinking about The young demographic, oh, they're more on Snapchat, but they're actually on Instagram a lot, and they certainly are on Facebook. But people get narrow focus, to your point, thinking Facebook is just the app, Uh, the platform, desktop or or mobile. But you're absolutely right to bring this part up about hardware. I just real quick looked this up. Mark Zuckerberg uh, on April 13th last year posted a public announcement that they they brought out this building a and there's been a lot of secrecy around that and people are like looking at job postings around building eight by the way and it's a building that's focused on new hardware to advance our mission of connecting the world so i mean i know they're building drones whether they build computers or phones um uh, networking switches uh you know routers you name it just um all kinds of possibility because they have so much money, you know, $25 billion last I heard stockpiled waiting for the next acquisition, but also, and um, you know, Zuck says right here, and you know, they're investing hundreds of people and hundreds of millions of dollars into this effort over the next few years. So, yeah, and of course the virtu- r- virtual reality is an aspect of that. I think mainstream, the masses, if you will, are, are just not quite ready for those masks and virtual reality. It's a steep learning curve. Hmm there 's plenty of other money to be made in other hardware
1: I guess it, it's it 's still a matter of the the basics have yet to be established really and um, mm-hmm. it feels that almost as soon as they are the uh, the paradigm has shifted or, or some new feature set has come along to uh, to completely undercut what what you think you know um, yeah. so Mary, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, and um, we 'll be down at the social media summit to see you
2: in person that 's wonderful I look forward to seeing you.
0: And that was Niall Kitson chatting on Skype to Mary Smith, who will be the keynote speaker at this year's Social Media Summit next month. And you can find out more about the event by visiting socialmediasummit.ie. Just before we head off, Niall, what's our one more thing, our one story online that we just couldn't squeeze into the show this week?
1: Uh, Yeah, very interesting story on Tech Central at the moment. Robots, they, they may look like your friends, but they are also a security nightmare.
0: I can see Daryl Breen reading it already. Remember, you can get more on that and all the Irish tech news with early updates, daily newsletters, and more from TechCentral.ie, as well as our weekly Tech Radio show online and every Friday at six pm on DAB digital radio with RTE Radio. Next on to next weekend from myself, Dusty, and from Nile. Thanks for listening. Take care. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at TechCentral.ie.